Did you know that octopuses have three hearts? Or that some bats can eat over a thousand insects in an hour? Or that honeybees can flap their wings up to 200 times per second? Today on the Sony Pictures Network's Go Beyond podcast, we have a gentleman who has spent the last four decades of his life sharing the wonders of Mother Nature with viewers and readers across the world. Editor of one of Asia's first wildlife magazines, producer of nearly 30 wildlife documentaries and founder of one of India's oldest wildlife magazines for children. He champions the forefront of the biodiversity, climate change and economic trijunction. And those who have worked closely with him describe him as unstoppable, like a force of nature. It's an honor to welcome the founder of Sanctuary Nature Foundation, Mr. Bittu Segal. Mr. Segal, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Akshay. You know, Mr. Segal, we've heard you speak about this term biomimicry in some of your talks. Can you explain biomimicry for our listeners in a simple sentence? Biomimicry is learning from nature and adapting to nature. If you look at, let's say, the submarine, it was probably inspired by the shark. If you look at helicopters, they were probably inspired by dragonflies and so on and so forth. If you look at the F1 drivers, when a woodpecker hits the tree, in actual fact, with its beak, its neck should break. But it's got musculature which completely absorbs the shock. So now they are making neck braces for drivers who at high impact crashes survive. Wow, interesting. And speaking of the inspiration from nature, which animal inspires you most and why? I could never point to one in one particular animal that inspires me most, you know. I mean, all of them, if you look at the ant, I mean, it, it, it is the most amazing thing. You leave three grains of sugar outside and an ant comes from somewhere. Three flowers out and the bees come from somewhere. In Bombay at uh, 6.45 in the evening, I've got pipistrels coming in. They are bats, small bats, flying mammals that actually consume insects, you know. I'm inspired by everything that I see, even the crow. I think the crow is one of the most amazing creatures. It's the best uh, municipal karamchari that you can ever hope for. (laughs) There isn't a single animal that isn't contributive to the biosphere. And actually, if you look at your own body, the bacteria in your gut, Without that, you would not survive. They are all one mesh of life. Not a mess of life, but a mesh of life. It's a, it's a planetary ecosystem. It is. It's Gaia. It's a living organism. Well, I'm inspired by the fact that all these millions and millions and millions of species somehow find a way to mesh. And I am inspired by the biosphere per se. Right. So, Mr. Segal, what inspired you to become and remain a wildlife conservationist all these years? You know, when you fall in love with something, you don't ask why and what. But when you fall in love with something and somebody tries to destroy it, your first instinct is to protect it. Now, apart from being inspired by nature, the sinking feeling that people were destroying things that they needed, that I loved, made it sort of like an iron filing to a magnet. I just got stuck to the idea that I must do what I can in my life to defend that which is precious. So it's actually John Lennon's fault, you know, he said that uh, life is what happens to you while you make other plans. (laughs) (laughs) So was there any particular Eureka moment as such? Yes, you see, let me put it like this. I launched a magazine called Sanctuary and that was at the instigation of a man called Fateh Singh Rathor, who has been uh, not just a mentor, but he's been a friend all my life. He was the field director of the Ranthambore Tiger Reserve. And I used to go there 
with my family spent 10 days 15 days at a time quietly that was long before tourism and after 2 years of 3 years of doing this i went to him one evening sitting under a banyan tree uh, around a campfire and said fate what can i do to really help you you know i'm just sitting here voyeuristically enjoying myself and everything else so he says i tell you what go back to bombay have a party every week and i thought maybe he's talking of a fundraiser he says after you've done 40 50 parties come back and ask me again pate what can i do to save the tiger what are you bombay guys going for <laughs> and he sort of hit me in the solar plexus and i said no pate i'm serious what can i do so he said start a magazine there are 10000 sports magazines 15000 film magazines and uh, not even one magazine on wildlife so i said i won't come back to ranthambore until i start a magazine absolutely but mr segal when we talk about your magazine sanctuary asia how did it help you raise awareness towards wildlife conservation look sanctuary asia was what it was a spotlight it was a megaphone so what fateh singh rathore said was you do something for young people and at that point i was on uh, the executive committee of the bombay natural history society and i had the absolute delight and pleasure of working with people like dr salim ali uh ari e. hawkins who was uh, jim corbett's editor grand people wonderful people so the perspectives that they gave me they sort of shaped me and uh, frankly as far as sanctuary is concerned it's a product of all these minds together that's fantastic when it comes to taking impactful measures in preserving our planet which generation do you feel is the most influential for creating a lasting impact quite honestly the generation yet to be born you know i think that uh, kids who are uh, under 12 they don't have hang ups they don't have cynicism they trust and the moment uh, you speak to them love speaks so i must say if you ask me my personal constituency it's the 12 year olds you know very interesting now i want to talk to you about struggles we can agree that struggles are a part of everyone's life can you think of a particular creature in nature who you would say faces the most trials in their daily life the trials of life are not something restricted to any one creature every single creature on earth faces challenges of life you know ants when you walk on a pavement you don't know how many you've killed so the ones that survive are the ones that have learned possibly that uh, this is not a good time to do this or come out at night when these trundling thunderheads called homo sapiens <laughs> so um adaptability is the bottom line every creature that learns to adapt survives the one that doesn't dies out and speaking of adaptability how did you adapt to some of the cynicism you might have faced when you first started out i mean when i started out with sanctuary 1981 i cannot tell you the kind of it wasn't angry it was it was confusion Saigal why are you doing this there are children starving there's cancer there's poverty and you're going out saving animals it was almost like an animal rights issue it was never an animal rights issue but the fact that it's about time we learn to respect every creature around us and it's about time we learn to respect the system that supports us how long has it been 1981 you said correct so 40 years it's exactly 40 years this year but to answer your question you know you do what you do because you're happy doing it not because you're expecting some kind of pat on the back so i if i had to rewind my life i would do nothing other than what i've done i am so blessed and if i have a wish and a dream for others i would wish 
to give them the gift of curiosity of respect of awe of wonder of gratitude these are the things we should do you know these are the things we should give and these are what i was blessed with and you'd say that if you had to rewind your life this is all you would have done did you yourself have to make a transition i was studied in bishop cotton school i finished from school and went back to calcutta there at the ripe old age of 17 i became uh, a bucket salesman not your buckets you have a bath with but 220 liter buckets for the chemical industry and i was so good at it i earned so much money i had the most amount of money in my pocket a year or two later it began to dawn on me that i'm causing damage you know hmm. from there i jumped into uh, communications i was doing jingles and i was doing this and that for the advertising world and sorry uh, to interrupt you mr segal uh, but what made you realize at this point in your career that what you were doing was actually impacting the environment and not in a positive way i was in calcutta when i would visit the chemical zones to sell these huge buckets and i could see the color of the water was different i saw no fish there i saw no birds around there i had gone to one particular factory i'm not naming it and it was lunch time and i sat talking to them i found that they had blisters on their hands i was too young to really understand what it was all about you know and i was too ambitious at that point it just scratched the surface of my worry and uh, i moved to communications for a different reason i mean i moved to communications because i fell in love with this wonderful girl called madhu and uh, other said that i'm not getting you married to a bucket salesman so i said <laughs> so she, I, i went to bombay to get myself a profession and a man called ravi gupta sort of took me under wing and uh, it changed my life but then everything i do now i'm still a salesman for nature and i'm still a communicator for nature so both those things helped me a lot was it your career in communications that helped you build a successful magazine at century asia and then of course subsequently even the magazine you built for children without a shadow of a doubt you know i mean uh, the fact that uh, you have a rainbow of options but i learned as a communicator that don't go around trying to communicate 10 things there's a tip of the arrow communicate that behind that everything will follow and speaking of communication you know sometimes miscommunication have there been any humorous encounters uh when you're trying to educate people adults or kids about the relevance of wildlife conservation uh, or the importance of environmental conservation let me tell you this that when we used to be in ranthambore uh, at that point we would go two weeks and we would see tiger droppings and we would come back and celebrate under the campfire and say there are tigers here in ranthambore you know otherwise we would go two weeks without even a pug mark one day what happened was that this palace on wheels guys came up in a fancy bus and they said we've only got 45 minutes so we are just going to drive around the forest and they drove around 300 meters from where we sat a mother and two cubs they saw they came back and they said we saw cubs we saw this we thought that they were just having a song hmm and when they left the forest guard said sir i was on a walk walking trail i saw it 45 minutes they just came in and went out and saw what we that was saw in two weeks <laughs> did you all travel the same area half an hour before them <laughs> Well Mr Segal now we've spoken about struggles we've spoken about cynicism we want to talk about resilience and success next is there any particular creature whose resilience stands out to you the most well it would have to be the smaller life forms you know i mean blue green algae and things like this if you look at uh, the sea turtles you know millions of years they've been around they have a secret you know they're not like human beings human beings are aspirations cause us to want to keep growing and getting more and getting more the secret to life is not growth it is stasis 
if human beings for all their intelligence want to continue living and enjoying this garden of eden into which we were born then it's about time we cut back on how much we consume it's about time we cut back on how much we waste that is surely something we should all think about but mr segel speaking of success can you tell us of some uh, about some of the success stories that you've personally witnessed over the years either in india or across the globe see the success stories are many first of all the biggest success story for me was the fact that in the 1970s everybody had said that tiger will not last until the year 2000 in fact with balmik thapar i wrote an article saying 1000 days to save the tiger if you look at success stories i'd like to mention kailash sankla the first director of project tiger what he said was don't ever count tigers he says you go into the forest and you see where was the water finishing off after the monsoon if streams were dry in september october november you knew there was something wrong right and if you find those water sources coming back to life that is the success of the tiger purane zamano mein tiger ko bolte the pattedar pani ka devta the tiger used to be called the striped water god because wherever the tiger was there was water the fact that these tigers are alive it's not that animal it's the tiger that's alive it's the fact that the forest had to come alive which fed the deer which fed the wild boar which allowed the birds to come and that is the real success we saved ecosystems and these ecosystems are now 50 tiger reserves are feeding 600 indian rivers with pure water that is certainly interesting and it also makes you think about this term anthropopause for listeners who don't know uh, anthropopause is a term coined around the lockdown last year and it means the ceasing or the pause of human activity and in a way anthropopause gives many species the opportunity to flourish does it not yes it did nature doesn't need human beings to go out and plant trees for instance if we take inspiration from the way nature works you will find us actually living in a garden of eden right we should be able to take a pause ourselves look the planet needs rest and everything will fix itself so akshay sanctuary without a shadow of doubt it's not me alone it is we have a million children under our kids for tigers banner we have large numbers of people who are equally determined to see that the biosphere survives and we don't just want to leave a better planet for our children we want to leave better children for our planet that's fantastic uh, now mr segal as we reach the end of our episode we always touch upon this theme of go beyond with our guests you've worked closely with the younger generation as they grow older as they inherit the reins of our world how would you advise those you have inspired to follow in your footsteps and inherit your mission as well well what i would tell them to do is to look inside and appreciate what is outside follow your dreams please don't fall for the trap of i will become this i will graduate then i will get a job then i will get more money then i will do this then i will do that so you need that roti kapla makan but after that how many makans do you want and i think that uh, i would tell the children not to do what my generation did and invent a way of life by which you can actually sit in a hammock and uh, eat enough enjoy bird song do what you feel like doing and that is really uh, my only real ambition for the young i want them to be safe and i want them to be happy and they cannot possibly do that without making sure that they do not wound the biosphere you know when you talk of go beyond i would say go beyond by making sure that you are positive 
to the U-turn. Hmm. I'll give you one specific example. India is one of the world's largest large dam builders. But all our dams, maybe 10, 15 you could point out that are doing okay. All of them are dying early. They are not controlling floods, they are causing floods many times. They are not alleviating drought, they are causing the droughts. Because the catchment areas that catch the rain and then channel them into the reservoirs have been deforested. The catchment areas need to be regenerated using nature-based solutions. Irrespective of who you are, if you support policies that allow 30, 40, 50 million people to get jobs where they are, to work with nature-based solutions, to prevent siltation into the reservoirs, the end result will be that those places will get rewilded automatically. The birds will do that, the beetles will do that, the butterflies will do that, the deer will do that. The solutions are staring us in the face. It's arrogance and ignorance that prevents us from seeing them. I think that there's no good and bad. There's just misguided people. And I think that we'll make it. I think that nature will use the next generation, including the children of this generation, to do the right thing. And unlike the Titanic, the biosphere is self-repairing. All right. With that, Mr. Sehgal, thank you for joining us today. It was an unforgettable session and I, I've learned a lot. And I'm sure our listeners too will have much to think about and reflect on. So thank you. Well, I should thank you because uh, Sanctuary is used to giving other people voice and you're giving us voice. And so we owe you. Thank you. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to and follow the Go Beyond podcast on www.sonypicturesnetworks.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a host of other platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us too. Your feedback is very important to us. I've been your host, Akshay Kapoor, and I look forward to having you join us on the next journey into the beyond.